Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Uh, but now it'll be Oscar Colas. Here's the one and one. Colas hits it a mile in the air down the right field line. That will stay fair, and that will go over the bullpen, a home run. So Colas off the bench goes deep against Drew Carlton, and once again, it's a one-run game. 6-5 Padres here in the ninth. Oscar Colas showing off why he's the number two prospect in his organization going big fly. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel, Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Oscar Colas with the bomb, his first one of the spring. He's having a real good spring. It speaks here with you on 670 The Score. It is hit and run. I get to do whatever I want for three hours in a baseball town like this? Are you kidding me? Come on. Who's got it better than us? Nobody. In honor of uh, my old pal, Lynn Bramer. It is great to be alive. Um, what would be more fun is to be in Arizona. I wanted to be in Arizona this particular weekend, wanted to be there for Cubs Sox on Friday, and then I would have been at Mexico, Colombia yesterday. Probably Team USA, Great Britain, or I certainly would have been at USA, Mexico tonight. That's for damn sure. Anyway, for those who are in Arizona, they continue to churn out, if they're any good at their jobs, Really good baseball content. And Chuck Garfine is good at his jobs. Sox Talk podcast has been absolutely appointment listening for White Sox fans and more all month long and in February before then. You are uh, welcoming Chuck Garfine to the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Chuck, welcome to Hit and Run. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great, Speaks. How are you? I'm good, man. I wish I was out there, though. It's nice, isn't it? How, how long have you been there, by the way? I feel like if you left and came back, that's news, but I feel like you've been there three weeks. Yeah, uh, actually longer than three weeks. Uh, I was here for the start of spring training, and I haven't left. Uh, I got about uh, around 12 more days to go, so I'm soaking in every moment. There you go. Spring training, yeah. yeah there you go. Um, Springsteen tickets uh, for this tour, where are you going to see them? Because I'm sure you are. Okay, so <laughs> the Springsteen crazed fan that I am, I know. Uh, his, his tour itinerary did not exactly uh, revolve around my work schedule. So I had to get on a plane and go see him in Dallas about three weeks ago. That was my opening to see him. So, uh, I'm see- I saw him once and I'm going to see him in Detroit uh-huh. right before the regular season. I gotta get my Bruce fix in as much as I can. I got it. So, uh, so it's not going to be you and Ozzy at Wrigley together, watching uh, Bruce Springsteen there. Ozzy can get reacquainted with the rats, um, at, at Wrigley. 
Uh, you know what? I don't know. I've talked a little bit about Springsteen with Ozzy, and he kind of gives me a puzzled look like, what is your fascination with this man? But he gets it. He gets it. Uh, maybe me and uh, Ozzy, I was actually talking to Jason Benetti. We might add a uh, karaoke segment to the postgame show at some point this year. Maybe I'll do some uh, Springsteen karaoke with Ozzy on the air. Oh, people would like that. Let's go. Let's go, Chuck. <laughs> I'm in. And if you if you need a ringer, you let me know. Um, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? Of all the people I know, who's the ringer? <laughs> it's Matt Spiegel. So, yes. <laughs> I'll be ready. the first call I would make. Okay, yes. I'll be ready. I'll just, I'll just come out of the wings. Um, and <laughs> um, Chuck, is the seeming collective edge at White Sox camp something that is natural, uh, individual, anecdotal, or is it something that has been cultivated from above? Great question. Clearly, this team did not play with an edge last year. And I think a lot of the guys I mean, that I've spoken to, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of the guys I've spoken to, they came to Camelback Ranch just like just pissed off, just pissed off about last season. And uh, I was joking with Joe Kelly that, you know, maybe he should make a T-shirt out of it. And he was actually thinking about doing it. Um, but, yeah, they so there is that. There's a lot of guys that have something to prove. And if you have nothing to prove off of what happened last season, if your name is not Dylan Cease, who was really the only one who had a, a great season, you know, then, you know, you're, not, you're in the wrong business. So I think you throw all of that together with a new coaching staff and, and the fact that, you know, no one is picking them or very few. I haven't seen anyone pick them to win the division. Not that I'm like looking at looking for that, but it just seems like it's all guardians, all guardians. And then maybe the twins and white Sox. That's uh, that's a recipe for success, if you ask me, like for this White Sox team. Let them just prove everybody wrong, but at the same time prove to themselves that, you know, this team, you know, you can't just have talent and win. I go back to the 1984 White Sox, which in my lifetime had always been the most disappointing White Sox team in history, and it might be tied or just a little bit of worse than last year's team because in 83, they won 99 games. They were on the doorstep of the world series. They add Tom Seaver the next year and they went 74 and 88 with the same team. So how did this team that won the division in 21 fall flat on its face in 22? We talked about it a lot. I see a rebound season coming from the Sox and I think that edge is going to be there. What are, t- tell us the things that you've liked the most that you've seen, like tangibly and physically, uh, on practice fields from Pedro Grafol and his coaching staff. Yeah, so when you go to spring training, yeah, they work on the fundamentals. But to be honest with you, a lot of the fundamental drills that I was seeing for the last 10 years are pretty fundamental. Like there wasn't anything new there wasn't anything very very specific that you know we're like nitty-gritty kind of stuff and i'm seeing that on well i haven't seen it lately because i've been so focused on the games but for the first like 10 or 12 days i was seeing like these drills there was a a ball that shoots out of a a machine and it's a one hopper every single time one hopper one hopper one hopper and you had mancata like just gobbling this whole thing up and embracing it and loving it. I saw them do a drill with Moncada where he was, his back was turned to home plate at third base. And then they would hit the ball, a ground red. I mean, he'd have to turn or do like a quick 180 
and feel the ball. And so I asked Pedro Grifola about this. I'm like, this is never going to happen in the game. Why are you doing this? And it was all about getting his reflexes and his body in the right frame of mind and the right position for anything. And, you know, there's probably more to it than that. But I just have saw, I just saw drills I've never seen before. And Grifol, like, look, what was wrong with this team? He saw it. He saw it with the Royals. You saw it. We saw it. Their defense wasn't very good. It's essentially the same defense this year other than the fact that Benetton is going to be in left. Uh, you're going to move Andrews over to second. It looks like Colas, when you talk about that, might be the right fielder. They need to tighten things up defensively, and they're working a lot on the fundamentals. And uh, hopefully that translates to the regular season. I think it will. Are they going to be the best defensive team in baseball? No, but they got to be better than they were last year. Maybe my favorite thing of, of the many different messages that Grafol has had is one he repeated again yesterday about Colas. He said, this is Grafol, quote, I'll say it over and over again. There's development going on in the big leagues. If this industry or any of us think that that's not the case, we are doing ourselves a disservice because in reality, we are all developing. These kids get up here quick, so we have to continue to develop them. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how many conversations I've been in over the decades, Chuck, where people say, well, if a guy gets the big leagues and he can't do it, well, then you just can't do it. You got to get somebody else. What a bunch of garbage that has always been. Um, and maybe now more than ever because of, you know, all, all sorts of factors. So God love him for saying it. And with the drills uh, showing it, now the trick is to keep that going once you're playing a game every day. It gets difficult. Yeah. So, Sox fans, if you haven't been reading the quotes from Grafal, haven't heard him talk, uh, you're really going to love him. Now, in the end of the day, at the end of the day, you want the Sox to win, and you're really going to love Pedro Grafal. But as a media member, as a baseball fan, he gives a whole lot of information to you, the White Sox fan, every time he talks. So I was there when he was talking about Colas. And by the way, one thing he's saying about Colas, and he continues to say it, is, you know, he's got a major league bat. And we've seen it. He had his first home run yesterday. He's batting like 450. But they are really, really harping on the fundamentals for him. And Pedro is saying it publicly. He's like, he needs to be better and learn how to run the bases, who to throw the ball to, or what bag to throw the ball to uh, in the outfield. Got to, you know, he's got his feet have to be right in the outfield. I mean, they're really, really working on him. And they say he's getting a lot better. And what he was saying, to allude to what you were talking about, he said in the 1990s when he was coming up, you there always was this, there was this like number. You got to play this many, had this many at bats in the minor leagues before he gets to the majors. You have to throw this many innings before he gets to the majors. Well, that is not the case anymore. All the rules have been thrown out, and guys are doing a lot more developing while they're in the major leagues, and that's what he was referring to. So uh, so, uh, Colas, uh, assuming he's the opening day right fielder, is not going to be a finished product. Not that guys were finished products when they were rookies in the 90s, but I think more of their – I don't want to say weaknesses, but more, more of their development needs to happen in the major leagues. You'll see more mistakes and things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, Colas has been impressive, to say the least. He's a lefty. He hits lefties, by the way. Huh. He hits lefties. So he's, He was doing this in the minor leagues. I've seen him do it twice with singles uh, in spring training games. Uh, is he going to struggle in the majors? Yes. But 
I, uh, I'm very interested to see what he does with the bat and the whole game uh, in 2023. You know, Chuck, it, I, I love everything Grafola is saying, and I, I do love the intentions, and I, I believe that he's a really, really good managerial candidate. I'm looking forward to seeing it play out. And, and I referenced, like, it gets harder when you're playing every day. The Sox keep giving him stuff. That Friday, that Friday afternoon game against the Cubs – I mean, Colas made a throw to second base on an Ian Happ single that Eric Gonzalez tried to pick on a short hop. It gets away. Sebi Zavala had a back pick throw to second base that hit off Ian Happ's butt. Gonzalez is not there to get the ball. Now, granted, Eric Gonzalez probably not going to make this team. But same game, Andrew Benintendi not running super hard around second on the Grandal double to left center that he got gunned down by plenty in the first inning. Like, I hope... Grafol and I, 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 I hope Grafol is the guy who will go up to a veteran or a kid and say privately to not embarrass him or publicly if he thinks he needs to. Hey, we can't do that. We can't do that. And 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 I'm going to be watching. And there 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 will be a price to pay. And your conversation with Sal Perez makes makes me think that Grafol is that guy to be yeah. str- to be strong enough to 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 be disliked by players if he needs to be to get his point across. Okay, so Pedro Grafal uh, is known for being a great communicator. And I was talking to him about his relationship with Sal Perez. So I uh, went over to Royals camp because they have a long-standing relationship. Basically, when Perez came up, uh, the catching coordinator at the time was Grafal because he came up as a catcher. Um, they, they had a very strong, tight bond. In fact, in the interview, Perez says that he thinks, he believes, that Grafal is going to be one of the best managers in the game. Like, that's the high praise that he gives for Grafal. But, and I was talking to Pedro, and he and uh, Sal had some big-time arguments with each other. Like, he would, you know, he, he'll say what needs to be said. And I think he'll be doing that with White Sox players. He did it with Sal Perez. Um, and so <laughs> uh, the thing is that what, one thing Grafal has been saying is, I want to see these guys make mistakes here the more mistakes the better I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing it but he, he wants to see the mistakes in spring training so they can address it well yeah there have been a lot of mistakes um i wouldn't the the error that was given to colas on that throw to gonzalez in the cubs game yeah that's on gonzalez i agree that's not an, that's not an error i agree colas. Yeah. i agree i agree um gonzalez has had some struggles at shortstop you know so that's that the Ben attendee running from first to home. I don't think he was probably expecting to be given the green light. <laughs> right, right. No, <laughs> and, base, yeah, and, and it's like, a, and believe me, the, the specifics of a spring game don't matter as much as the, establishing the relationship and the accountability. That's what I'm interested yeah. in, and that's the stuff we don't know unless we're inside the whole time. Yeah, um, I was surprised. Uh, Eddie Rodriguez, the third, new third base coach, sent Ben attendee, but he sent him, and you know he was out. Whatever. Um, <laughs> So maybe Grafal had a conversation with Ben Attendee. I don't know. Yeah. But they are they are addressing these mistakes. I'm not in the room. With, right. <laughs> clearly. But one thing that he said, Grafal said to the team, and I think he said it twice to them, definitely when the full team reported. He might have also said it when pitchers and catchers reported. He said, guys, we cannot win a World Series here in spring training but we sure can lose one. Mm-hmm. So we need to really tighten things up and really be focused and address things, fix things, and make sure we are prepared for the regular season. When I heard that from him, 
I, uh, I think that really set the tone. I know it set the tone with a lot of the players. When they heard that, they're like, yeah, I, uh, I'm in on that. Well, you know, I, I hope he coaches them hard, um, and I think that he probably will. I also co- I wish uh, Billy Donovan would coach the Bulls hard, but that's a different story. That's, <laughs> that's pick and roll. We're not doing that on a Sunday morning. We're not doing bump and run, even though the Bears made their trade. And Lord knows we're not doing dump and chase. Uh, we're doing hit and run right here on a Sunday morning on the score with Chuck Garfine. So you have so you have several different jobs within the White Sox um, media ecosystem. And that and that was my big takeaway from the Tim Anderson thing on Sox Talk was he wanted positivity. And I realized he's talking to Chuck Garfine, the pre and post game host, but in his mind, he's talking to Chuck Garfine the Sox Talk podcast host, and sometime, sometimes, it, like when TA came up, you were doing uh, sideline reporting and and with the team often, right? So it struck me as a moment to talk about media literacy and sort of the 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 uh, the abstract kind of boundaries that get crossed when you do multiple things with the team. And and I wondered if, if that's a conversation that you've ever had with TA or would want to have with, um, with TA, because I think you're in a very awkward spot in that way because of the different roles and responsibilities. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you brought that up. I wouldn't call it an awkward spot, but as uh, I said on that podcast, I walk a tightrope. And in, in a way, a lot of reporters do walk a tightrope because you know, for, the, for, for those of us who are on a specific beat, because I have a relationship with these players. I also have a job to do where I'm on a pre- and post-game show. And, yeah, I'm a host, but I have opinions, and I express them. And what happened last season, the, the, I, I, that was the most critical I've been of the team just because of the divide, the separation between the expectations of the team and the reality of what happened. And so I'm aware, I'm acutely aware, especially when they're home, that when they lose a game or when they win a game, oftentimes that postgame show can be heard inside the White Sox clubhouse. So I have to watch what I say. And I'm never, ever personal. Like, I never, I never make things personal with any specific player. I mean, I just I, – I know how tough this game is. I would never do that. But, yeah – He was, I've known Tim since he came up and I've got a great relationship with him and he feels very, very comfortable around me. So comfortable that he was willing to just go there in that interview with me to kind of like say, Hey, you too. You, I mean, we need some positivity. We like some more positivity out of you as well. Now this thing traveled and I, I was the one who tweeted that clip and I tweeted that clip not to make if people I never thought people were really going to look at Tim in that way. I liked it because I had never seen or he's certainly been a part of a conversation on the record on camera with a reporter and an athlete talking like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was something that I wanted to share with people to know that this is a thing that is that is real. It is real that if I or any reporter rips a player or says something critical about a team, whatever it is, yes, that can affect your relationship with that player, your access with that player. Now he was kind of, he was having fun with me a little bit 
as well. Like this said, this is what I said on the air last year never affected my access with the team. Um, then now the players are great. They get it. Um, but I think that conversation that we had just showed that, you know, it's, we, uh, I, there is, it's not as simple. It's not, there's a, there's gray. There's a lot of gray in what I do. It's not black and white. And I do have to watch what I say, how I say it, who I say it to, when I say it. And, uh, it's not as simple as just saying whatever's on your mind and tweeting it right. like it, a lot of people can. It, it's, it's a real relationship. Chuck, yeah. like that—that's the thing. Like, I—it it made me think of times where I or 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 other colleagues have talked about. You go to a ballpark and a GM comes up to you and says, "What the hell were you saying? What? Why did you say this? What the hell's wrong with you?" And you talk about it. Barry Rosner always used to talk about that with Jim Hendry. Hendry would light up Rosner, right? And then they'd finish that, and he's like, "All right, so how you doing? How's Amy? How, how, how are the kids? You know?" And then he's available to get a quote the next time. My criticism of TA was a little different than others. I thought he should have talked to you about it off the air. I, like, and and I, I understand what you're saying about it's a realness on the air, so it, it, it is. But I thought like, it, 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 that, that it's, it's a totally healthy, normal, reasonable conversation for Tim to have with you off the air, um, it, in my opinion. But at the same time, it kind of reminded me of Johnny Morris and Mike Ditka. You ever see that thing? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Where they're, they're like really going at each other, and then the, like, the light turns on, and they do good TV, and then they go back to going at each other as soon as the light turns off, you know? These are real people. Well, the way I would, yeah, well, the way I would, uh, there's a lot of things I can say about this. One is this was Tim and I, this was our gift to sports talk radio for that day. <laughs> Because it was really funny because I'm, I was driving down uh, to Arizona because I bring my dog. So, uh, like, I drive down, my wife flies. Good good situation, I guess. No, it's not. Uh, it's good for her, not for me. Um, and I was listening to an interview with uh, Mad Dog Russo. Yeah. And he says the slowest time of year as a sports talk show host is the two weeks after the Super Bowl. And it's, it's, you're always he's always, like, looking for stuff to talk about. He usually takes a week or two off because he's – He's trying to, he's like looking for things to talk about. Well, this was Tim and I, like a week or so after the Super Bowl, we gave you guys all something to talk about all day. Um, I, <laughs> by the way, if, if there were any criticism that Tim Anderson uh, received on sports talk radio or on social media, he didn't care. He doesn't care. He was like, you know what? If that's what you think. That's what you think. That's fine. We gave this little bit of, you know, what do you want to call it? This soundbite, yeah. this topic to Sox fans. And you can decide what you want about, you know, about what it was, what it is. And we, we talked a little bit after it. We laughed about it. It's, it is what it is. Good. I, I like, I, I, hope I like it... there's a special piece of content that just gives people a little bit of, we let you in into a, a, a relationship that I have with him that, you know, you don't see very often. So Anytime I can provide that kind of content to Sox fans, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I, I, I think it was great, great that you did. Um, and uh, and here's the thing: I hope Tim doesn't care. He needs that swagger back, man. He uh, doesn't care. I, oh, like the swag is. By the way, it's back. The swag is back. Yeah, the swag I, is back. I, we just talked to Mike Farron last hour, who said that Derosa told him that T.A. was hitting with the second group in Team USA practice, and he said to Derosa, "By the time we get to Florida, you're going to have me hitting with the first group." I love that. <laughs> yeah, I I think you're going to have a, a again with everything, you know, stay healthy. Yeah. But I think uh you're going to get, you know, 20 
2019-2021 Tim Anderson back this season. I, I, um, I got to play this for you and see if you have anything you'd like to say to your old pal Don Cooper, uh, who we caught up no. with on the score. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Coop, so we brought up Tim Anderson listening to postgame and stuff like that. And I got to tell you, Chuck, you know, Coop, I, 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 don't, I don't know if, you, if it feels like he took a shot. I think he might have taken a shot here. Carfine is, is, is Mickey Mouse. Garfine is, is is not ben, uh, Mike Wallace with his questions and his commentary. You know, I mean, he's 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 easy. <laughs> See, that's Coop saying you're not Mike Wallace. He also said you're not Ben Wallace. So that that's good that he said that. But um, he called me Mickey Mouse. He he did he did. Boy, should I? Uh, I have many thoughts. And I'm live on the radio. I know. I'm sorry. Should I keep them to myself? Um, we... um, if he thinks I'm Mickey Mouse, then he's goofy. How about that? <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> goofy for saying that. That's um, that's well handled. That's absolutely well handled. I'm sorry to, to ambush you with that. Um, I didn't. I okay. Didn't, yeah, I it, it, but I mean, Coop, Coop doesn't care anymore. Coop doesn't care no, about nothing. I, I interviewed Don Cooper. I don't know how many times he was great. I've got a great relationship with him. I never thought I was a Disney character in his mind. <laughs> um, I wanted to make things easy for him, so I would sure. throw him softball questions. Oh God! And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I when was this interview with Don Cooper? Is this recent? Yeah, it was just a couple days after um, after that thing happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, th- thank you, Don Cooper. That's a very nice thing to say. Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, question mark? No. Okay. Well, think about think about all the times you could have embarrassed Don Cooper. You know, you could have gone Mike Wallace or Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace could have asked Don Cooper about Rapsodo, and <laughs> and the Edgertronic camera. That would not have gone well for Don yeah. Cooper. I, listen, I, I gave Don Cooper many times a forum to say, give great information. A lot of Sox fans liked it. And I'll keep it at that. Okay. Um, uh, that was a great line about Goofy, though. Um, Chuck, keep killing it, man. There's, it, there's really nothing like it. Like, I know there's, it, there's lots of team podcasts, but this one is, is so embedded, and, and you guys get great stuff, and we, we end up playing it a lot and talking to you and, and Guff when we can. So thanks so much for the time and, um, and, and for, uh, for being, doing the job you're doing. Appreciate it. Hey, Speaks, appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, I'm – Head into the park. We have a uh, – well, let's see what time we'll be there. It'll be 3 p.m. game on NBC Sports Chicago. Jason Minetti, Steve Stone. I'll be in the camera well. Michael Kopech on the mound today for the Sox. All right. Enjoy it, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks. All right. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's, uh, I just turned off the mic, but I have to keep hosting the show. That's how it works. It's Hit and Run. Speaks with you on 670 The Score. Um, phone lines are open. This is a good time. The rest of the hour, phone lines are open. You want to talk World Baseball Classic? You want to talk socks? Everything that we just talked about? Um, and any f- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Thing that you want to get into, we can certainly get into. Um, and I, Lord knows I have a million thoughts, including um, something I want to talk to you about. Must-see pitchers in this town and the lack thereof, perhaps. We'll do that next on 670 The Score. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. Last night, the 0-1 pitch taken high and deep to right field. Otani has blown the roof off the Tokyo Dome. Shohei Otani is the most complete player in Major League Baseball. That dude might steal 30 bases this year with the new rules. That dude will probably hit 40 homers again. And he may be a top three starting pitcher in the game. It's outrageous. We've never seen anything like it in our lifetimes. I don't suspect we ever will again. And he is one of four must-watch pitchers on Team Japan. They're ridiculous. Kodai Senga, the Met. Um, Roki Sasaki, who had the back-to-back near-perfect games and throws 102. He's 21 years old. And the old man, Yu Darvish. Japan is ridiculous. And the World Baseball Classic is ongoing. Going to talk to you, Sox fans, Cub fans, and World Baseball Classic fans all together and all alike. I'm having so much fun with this thing. And I mentioned watchability of starting pitchers. I will get to that before the top of the hour as well. Lance Brozdowski from Marquee will join us at the top of the hour to talk Cubs and Cubs prospects and more. Uh, 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Ben in Queens wants to talk Team Japan. Are you enjoying our March Madness of Choice this weekend, Ben? I'm sleep deprived. It's been five days, I think, since I've slept well. I've been watching so much baseball. 
Japan, I put I put a I put uh, I put a couple shekels down on Japan for a plus two seventy five at the beginning because I knew that they were the best team. They look like world beaters. Sasaki, Sasaki, I don't care how much the posting fee for him is, pay it. And and Shohei Otani, I told Sean this. If you want to give him a one year, hundred million dollar contract, I would be fine with that for the Cubs. Like, sign him on one one year, like <laughs> huge, 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 because he's 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 worth it. He's worth it. So I've been watching. Man, I've been watching hey, Ben, you know, ben let, me, right, yeah. let me say, because I, I, I hinted around this earlier because, like, I think it's so important these days for the recruiting aspect, the having fun aspect. Arenado and Goldschmidt loved playing together in 2017. I think it's part of why he ended up with the Cardinals and didn't opt out. Like, he's just, he, that's where he wants to be and who he wants to play with. I wish Seiya Suzuki was healthy so he could be wooing Shohei and sh- talking uh, Cubs and Wrigley and Chicago with Shohei for these two weeks would have been nice because you can tell and you can tell all the teams man the camaraderie that's going on and okay japan is great but you know my my slant is always Cuba and pool a and it's been oh my god it's been a roller coaster they look so bad in the beginning and just just a just a thought the italian team mustache oh my god beautiful just absolutely beautiful it's like a fellini film it, it is the most beautiful and they were they're playing so damn good that south relic the 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 prospect for Brewers, watch out for him. Yeah, they, oh God, they, have, that, that... They, they have a Nespresso machine in the dugout. They, oh, of course. They, they do. They do. All the players love coffee, and mm-hmm. and they realized <laughs> – Sean Sears, I don't think, realized it. Nespresso, for anybody who doesn't know, is the espresso version of a Keurig – it's like these smaller little capsules, a higher quality and higher density coffee. You can pour yourself a double espresso um, right after you get off the field. And they've got like this oh. this giant box of pods. It's like, <laughs> yes, every team has its thing. The Italian George have Clooney pop. coming to sponsor them too now? A hundred percent. Caffeinated. Yeah. They're caffeinated. They're caffeinated. But I wanted to talk about Cuba, man, because this is also the Chicago slant here. Oh, my God. Did your Mancala look bad at the beginning. He was pressing. He made a bad fielding error in the second game, and then he almost got uh, uh, picked off after hitting a double, trying to maybe stretch it to a triple. He's come around, but Luis Robert, and I am not a White Sox hater. I love Luis Robert. I think Luis Robert has a chance to be one of the best players in the game. He looks really, really, really bad, man. And he's had a couple of hits where he got, he was able to get on things, but oh my God, he cannot lay off the slider off the plate he will not lay off the slider off the plate i don't know why if it wasn't for alfredo de España, cuba would have been out of it I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why luis robert can't lay off the slider off the plate because it's unbelievably difficult it is outrageously outrageously difficult and it is the thing that very thing has derailed career after career after career that very thing has left five-tool athletic marvels on the scrap heap for decades. And, and I hope it doesn't happen to Luis Robert, but man, maybe he doesn't quite have the vision to identify the seams when they come out of the pitcher's hand. Maybe he doesn't quite have the intense work ethic and study habits it takes to learn to see it out of the pitcher's hands. Maybe he doesn't quite have the personal comfort 
that it takes to fight off the anxiety of that's going to be a fastball on the edge that I could have destroyed the other way. Maybe he doesn't have that. It is so hard to do. And guys have have developed that confidence and that calm at certain points in their career. I always think of Manny Ramirez, who did not give a crap what you thought of him in any walk of his life, and that was a detriment. He just trusted himself and trusted his ability. And that sometimes many didn't bother to do some of the things that Terry Francona wanted him to do in the outfield. Sometimes many didn't bother to do some of the things as a teammate that his teammates wanted him to do. But it also meant that he trusted his eye and his ability and his decision to let sliders go off the plate. He found some way to see it. And he used to let Mariano Rivera cutters go on the, on the outside part of the plate. He'd get ahead of the count against Mariano bleeping Rivera because he trusted himself and didn't care. Had that, that, whatever that quality is. I don't know if Luis Robert needs that personally and doesn't have it. I don't know if it's in his eyes and he doesn't have it. I don't know if it's in his work ethic and he doesn't have it. I don't know what it is. But if he doesn't learn to, to just stop doing that, his whole league is copycats and they'll just keep throwing it to him over and over. We see Javi Baez go in and out of that cycle. And Joe Madden talked about exactly that. They brought in Manny Ramirez to try to talk to Javi Baez about it. And Javi has that same uh, devil-may-care attitude that Manny did, and, and he needs to have that channeled. And when he's rolling, he does. And when he's rolling and he does lay off that stuff, and he does, you know, take out the three iron every once in a while and not the driver every time, then he could be worth that contract. But when he's not, could be disaster. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you that Luis Roberts going to learn that and figure that out, but I can tell you if he doesn't, his career could be derailed um, like so many others before him. Mike is in Northbrook and now on 670 yeah, yeah. the score. Hey, Mike. Yeah, I... I- just yeah, I was gonna talk about something else, but yeah, with Luis Robert, despite all it is, isn't he still a two ninety lifetime hitter in the games he's played? So anyhow, I think he'll be all right. But the thing with the Sox is I'm I'm seeing a lot of things falling into shape. Colas seems to be looks like he's gonna be the real deal. Uh Grandal has gotten himself into better shape and Sevi Savala is is a pretty good backup catcher. He hit two seventy last year, I believe. And Elvis Andres coming in at second has solidified the three question marks that I kind of had right field, second base catcher going in. But more than that, Jake Berger really looks like one heck of a hitter. What are you going to, where does he fit in? What are you going to do with this guy? Because he certainly looked last year like a, a guy that was ready to really hit, and he did hit. And, and he's looking really good again, a real confident hitter in spring training. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where he fits. I don't know where he fits. He, he absolutely looks great as a hitter. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. But I don't know how he fits. I mean, maybe Billy Hamilton won't make this team. And maybe if Hanser Alberto can play the outfield and they feel good about that, and they know Gavin Sheets can play a little bit of the outfield and they feel good about that, then, you know, maybe you're keeping Zavala. I, I still think they're going to end up keeping Alberto and Romy Gonzalez or, God save us, Alberto and Leori Garcia or Alberto and Billy Hamilton for what should be a, what, a short four-man bench, you know? 
I mean, that's usually what it is, depending on uh, the amount of pitchers. And there's no, uh, there's no consideration for, for COVID or for the short ramp up after a lockout or, right? There's no World Series, uh, World Baseball Classic consideration that allows you to start with a roster that's larger or anything like that. I think, I think it's going to be a four man bench. If it's a five man bench, maybe Berger's got a shot. But I don't see how it. I, I don't see where his spot is. I don't. Uh, I don't know. Um, there's a lot to feel good about in White Sox camp. And you know what? Grandal uh, offensively is one of them. He is going to get a few more hits this year because they will not shift him. As a lefty, he will get a few more hits. Also as a lefty, because they will not shift him, he will have a clearer conscience at the plate. And he's talked about that. It's been compelling to hear him talk about that, saying you learn your whole life, you train your whole life to hit these low-line drives, and then you get to the big leagues and they take it away from you. We made it. We made it through. He feels the reprieve of the shift restrictions taking it away. I think that's going to matter. He also doubled uh, he, he doubled against the Cubs on Friday from the left side and from the right side. So, yeah, you might I think you'll see an offensive bounce back from Grandal. All right, I mentioned um, watchability in terms of starting pitchers in this town. That's among the topics I'll hit before the top of the hour and Lance Brozdowski from Marquee. It's hit and run on the score. The premier baseball show in Chicago. Hit and run with Matt Spiegel. The, the work is, has been better. I mean, catch plays in between outings is getting better. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I'm throwing good, yes, and the results are really good, and I'm working my tail off. But I'm not as refined as I'd like to be, especially during the season, because I'm only throwing uh, in short stints right now, so it makes it a lot easier. Some of the guys haven't seen me before. Uh, there's just a lot of factors that play into, like, why the results are going so well. So, yes, there, it, it's I'm getting outs, but uh, it's not as clean as I'd like it to be. That was Hayden Wesneski, Cubs starting pitcher who was terrific yesterday against the Dodgers, has been terrific against everybody, and might be the best chance um, for the Cubs to have a starting pitcher you've got to make appointment television, somebody you've got to watch every time he's out because he's filthy. He could be filthy in terms of stuff. Um, Eno Saris over at The Athletic invented this thing called Stuff Plus, and the rankings are now available as a line item on fan graphs, which is pretty cool. But on The Athletic, a couple of weeks ago, he put out projections for all of the starting pitchers in MLB based on Stuff Plus, which is used using Pitching Plus. There's a lot of technical stuff you can get in there with. You can get as into the weeds as you want. But basically... These are the filthiest pitchers in the game in terms of stuff. The guys who like Pitching Ninja will jiff frequently with, you know, release points that are exactly the same. And then there's two or three or four pitches that go completely different directions and make it impossible to hit. As starting pitchers, they are the guys you love to watch and can expect them to deal and maybe throw a gem every time. It's like when Chris Sale was here. And it was appointment viewing or Jake Arietta in 2015 and 2016 in this town right now. We don't have a lot of guys like that. We really don't. There is one pitcher, one local in the top 20 in terms of stuff plus, And it's Dylan Cease. He's at number 15. This list, there are two Brewers in the top seven. Corbin Burns is one. Brandon Woodruff is seven. The rest of the people in this top ten, Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom, Spencer Strider, who only throws two pitches, really, for the Braves, Shohei Otani. It's ridiculous, man. 
Sandy Alcantara, Shane McClanahan, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. That's your top ten. Not only are these some of the best pitchers in the game, but by stuff plus, they are the filthiest. So the highest local, as I mentioned, is Dylan Cease. The highest former local is Carlos Rodon, who is at number 20 on this list. And some others. Oh, and now it's been updated. So I've got the list from a couple weeks ago with the projections. But these, what I have will be fine. There's a former Cub at 22, you Darvish. The next local, after Dylan Cease at 15, anyone? Got to go all the way down, all the way down to number 44 and Lance Lynn. That, that's the big drop. The first Cub? First Cub on this list for Stuff Plus. Sean Sears, give me a guess. Who is it? Ooh, is it, uh, is it Strowman? No, it is Jamison Tyone Ooh, at 56. 56, and then Strowman is not far behind that. Where is Strowman? Oh, no, Strowman might, might just be a little uh, ahead of it. No, yep, Strowman, is, Strowman is, just, is just behind that. So it's Tyone, and then Strowman in the 60s. Stroman is around, and those guys, Tyone and Stroman are around guys like Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, like pretty good pitchers, but not elite stuff plus killers. Um, going further down for the White Sox, you get to uh, Lucas Giolito at 80. 80 for Lucas Giolito. Michael Kopech all the way down at 85. That surprised wow. me. I feel like that's going to be different in a few months. I, it, it should be. It should be. These are projections, and, and we'll see. Hayden Wesneski is down at 90 as a next Cub up there. Um, and then, you know, it, it, it's a while before you get to more. You've got a lot of very low-ranking pitchers. Justin Steele is right near there next to Wesneski, though, in the 80s, and that might climb as well. Keegan Thompson at around 137. Adbert Alzale at 151. In there with a lot of starting pitchers, including Drew Smiley at 152. Kyle Hendricks, 173 in terms of stuff plus. You right, might stay there. Right next to Johnny Cueto, which feels right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, Caleb Killian down at 179 uh, last I looked, and he's at 181 now, actually. And Mike Clevenger at 188. $12 million for a season of Mike Clevenger. And all the baggage that he brings for a guy who is 188 on Stuff Plus. I don't get it. What do you think the Stuff Plus is on the guy that struck out Otani? <laughs> the, the electrician from yeah. the Czech Republic? Throws 79 miles an hour. That's right? a great question. Yeah, pretty, pretty damn low. Um, very much towards the bottom of this. Uh, Dane Dunning is towards the bottom of this list, which makes sense. Smart pitcher, but doesn't really have huge piles of stuff. Madison Bumgarner these days is down near the bottom. I just think it's a, it's a pretty cool metric, and a good way to think about it is what starter is going to go out there with an opportunity to dominate every single time. A lot of locals with a lot of work to do. I would agree that Wesneski has a shot to be higher on that list. Michael Kopech has a shot to be higher on that list just with his fastball alone, which is an absolute filth monster. Do you think the sweeper comes into play here? Yeah, it very well could. Let's talk about the sweeper slider, Cubs pitching development, some of the prospects as well, with Lance Brzezdowski from the Marquee Sports Network. We'll do that next on Hit and Run on the Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.